Hi, this is Don Sheree Wilkerson, and I pastor Vuk Church in Miami, Florida, and this is our podcast. I hope it encourages you. I hope that it inspires you. Let's check out the message. We've been in this really important collection over the last two months, and man, we're going to continue it today as we look to the Psalms for a promise that I think is going to establish something in your heart. Does anybody want God to establish something in your life today? Come on. If you want that, then why don't you just turn with me to Psalms chapter 118. Psalms chapter 118, verse 24. You may have heard this before, but if you've never heard this declaration, my prayer is that it would be a declaration for your life. And this is what the psalmist writes. Psalms 8, 118, verse 24. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us, you and me, everybody in your house today, everyone that you're in the Zoom with right now, let us rejoice and be glad in it. As we conclude this collection, I wanna take the next few moments to talk to you on this thought This must be the place. Why don't you put that in the chat? This must be the place. Wherever you are, wherever you're sitting, this must be the place. Will you pray with me? Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you for every person, God, right here in Vukasa. Lord, serving, preparing the table so that we can receive from you, Lord. God, let me get out of the way. Let Let us see you in a new light. Let us understand your love deeper and the call of God that is on every single one of our lives, Lord, to reach our city, city of Miami and far beyond. Lord, speak to us today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Well, I hope that you've been encouraged by this collection. We've been in a collection that actually this week is the ninth week. Can you believe it? It's got to be a good collection if you can go nine weeks on it. How many of you have loved this collection entitled Day by Day? I feel like it's been a personal word for God in my life. Like I've taken this to heart because day by day is how we've been making it. Day by day is how we've been conquering this season. Day by day is how we've been trusting God. And day by day is how the spiritual formation that God has provided for our life has been purposed day by day. And as we've walked through this collection, we've looked at a lot of different disciplines. We've looked at the discipline of Sabbath, the discipline of prayer, the discipline of of submitting, the discipline of fasting. And today, for the next few minutes, I want to discuss the discipline of celebration. There is a spiritual discipline that you and I must allow to be formed and shaped within our soul. And that is the discipline of celebration. You know at VU, we have a value. We have a staff value. And if you come here, right here to VU HQ, you'll see it up on the beam. It says this, celebrate constantly. Why don't you just write that right now? Celebrate constantly. What does it mean to celebrate? The definition of celebrate is simply this to acknowledge a significant or happy day or event with a social gathering or enjoyable activity. Another definition is to honor or praise publicly. What you need to understand about celebration is that we just don't celebrate when we feel happy. You will lose the power and the authority that comes with choosing to celebrate if you just wait until you feel it. In fact, celebration has been given to us as a gift from God to be utilized in some of the hardest moments of our life. That's why celebration is a discipline. We have to learn the discipline of celebration. See, what you celebrate you will emulate. We see this even as early as childhood, that what you choose to celebrate in your children, they will choose to value. 
because you have chosen to acknowledge that. You have chosen to put your focus on that. And so it speaks even to a child as they are growing that what is celebrated, they will choose to value. They will choose to honor. They will choose to respond to. We see celebration in culture. I mean, why is it that we celebrate the wedding day more than we do celebrating 25 years of being married? It's because we've We've chosen to celebrate that. We love starting things. We love new beginnings in our culture. And it's not that starting your, your marriage is more important than completing your marriage. It's just that you and I have actually decided in our culture that starting your marriage, there's a massive celebration. That's the way we have designed it. You get to design the culture of celebration in your own life. And when we're intentional with celebration, we can use it as a tool to actually build. Come on, somebody write that, build. Celebration isn't just for a moment. It's not just about feelings. Celebration is how you build your life. You're building something with your celebration day in, day out. There are certain moments, there are certain experiences that you and I can look back on 20 years ago. It marked our life, that moment of celebration. Why? because it was important. It was a moment that was acknowledged. It was a moment where time stood still and something was honored in our life or around us and it marked us, it built us. Celebration matters. See, celebration directs your perspective. We read in Psalms chapter 118 that the psalmist declares, this is the day the Lord has made. I will, I will rejoice. And I will be glad in it. He's celebrating. You may say, Don Shree, sounds like he woke up with a great cup of coffee. It sounds like, man, he just got, he just got a raise. He just got great news. He just fell in love. He just started that new business. He just had that amazing win. But what you got to understand about Psalms chapter 118 is that the psalmist was in one of the darkest seasons of his life. He was struggling. He was in pain. He felt like a failure. He felt like his life all around him was crumbling. He felt like, I'm not moving forward. I'm taking steps back. And yet in the middle of the darkest season of his life, while feeling overwhelmed, while feeling confused, he decides to say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. Why? Because he had decided to cultivate the discipline of celebration. He had discovered that celebration builds his life and that even in the darkest seasons of life, even in the most struggling seasons of his life, that celebration was key to him actually being able to move forward. So you actually need celebration in crisis. You need celebration and confusion. And yes, you definitely need celebration at the crossroads of your life. But to live a life marked day by day takes discipline. To live a life marked by celebration. Oh, it takes you not just looking to what is obvious to celebrate. What's easy to celebrate. What everybody else celebrates. But it will take you allowing God to cultivate your soul to be disciplined, to live a life of celebration. It's the result of living a life willingly, willingly to be intentional about what you speak, what you think, what you invest in, and how you actually live. As we walk with Jesus, we learn the discipline of celebration. We choose every single day to say, this must be the place where I choose to celebrate. First thing that we need to understand about celebration is that celebration builds your values. Why don't you write that down right now? Celebration, it actually builds your values. See, Psalm 118 continues 
with this thought. The psalmist says, O Lord, save us. O Lord, grant us success. How many of you, that's your prayer? God, grant us success. And then he says this, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord, we bless you. The Lord is God and he has made his light shine upon us with bows in hand, joined in the festal procession up to the horns of the altar. Now he says something that is actually a prophetic declaration of what is to come. Out of the psalmist's mouth, he says these words that are repeated to a T in the New Testament. He says, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. He said, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Where have we heard that? Well, we've heard that in the Gospels. Jesus' triumphant entry as he enters and the crowd gathers with palm trees and they wave the leaves and they yell, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You see, the psalmist hadn't seen it with his own eyes, but he was looking ahead to the triumph of the Savior. And even in the midst of his pain, even in the middle of his current circumstance of confusion, he decided to say, no, I'm going to celebrate what I value. I'm not going to celebrate the pain I'm in. I'm going to celebrate the promise that is to come. And he says, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, knowing that there will be a day that the Savior will appear and my pain will leave. You and I, we can learn a lot from that. You see, it's as if he's saying the best is yet to come. <laughs> That's something that we say a lot of in church. The best is yet to come. Why? Because we're not focused on the pain of the present because that's not where our power comes from. The best is yet to come is not some wishy, beautiful, flowery, cloudy, oh, I'm just dreaming declaration. The best is yet to come is us looking to an eternity where every tear will be wiped, every pain will cease, that healing will accord in every one of our lives. The best is yet to come. And when I choose to celebrate in the crossroads, when I choose to celebrate in the crisis, when I choose to celebrate in the confusion, what I'm choosing to do is I'm building my values. I'm building my identity. I'm building who I truly am, not just what I'm going through. There's more in you. And you get to choose to build your values every single day by saying, this must be the place. I'm going to choose to celebrate. I'm going to choose to develop the discipline of celebration in my life. You know, celebration carves out every single culture. And the Jewish culture is beautifully marked by celebration, crafted by God that around every corner there's an opportunity to celebrate. Whether singing, laughing, honoring, dancing, worshiping, being at a special event, every single time the Jewish people celebrate, they celebrate with an understanding of who God truly is. See, the purpose always goes deeper. When you look to the Word of God, you see the Jewish people, they celebrate, but they celebrate with a deep purpose. It's not just about what's going on right now. No, you have to think deeper. I have a question for you today. What and who are you celebrating? Because what and who you celebrate reveals a lot about who you truly are. It reveals what your values are. Because what you choose to celebrate in your life is what you're actually choosing to build with your life. We learn so many different disciplines when we look to the life of Jesus. To be a follower of Jesus is, is to learn the disciplines that Jesus shows us in his everyday life as we read the word. To be taught and reminded of the Holy Spirit, of who he is and the power that he's given to us. The beautiful thing about the discipline of celebration is that the discipline of celebration actually is central to every other discipline 
of following Jesus. The only way you can walk in strength in all these other disciplines, prayer, fasting, worship, Sabbath, submitting, is if you choose to celebrate as you do those things. It is central. It is an integral part of every single discipline of following Jesus. You know what else is beautiful? Is that when I open up my Bible to Psalms chapter 118, well, this chapter is literally the very center of the Bible. If you were to to divide it perfectly into two different pieces, Psalms chapter 118 is the very center of the Bible. And I believe this is a beautiful message for you and I to catch because we don't just celebrate when we start things. We don't just get excited when we read that God created the heavens and the earth, that he breathed life into man. And we don't just celebrate when we read in Revelation that the coming Messiah will appear and that he will redeem the entire earth and that he will take away pain. We don't just get excited in the beginning and the end, but we can stand right in the middle of our pain, right in the middle of our despair, right in the middle of a sea and that doesn't seem to have any sense. And just like the psalmist, we can say, this must be the place. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad. I will be glad. I won't be overwhelmed. You're not overwhelmed. There's nothing that is past the hands of God. Will you choose in the middle of your struggle, in the middle of your season, the season that everybody just wants to rush through, that everybody wants to fast for, that everybody wants to skip forward to 2021? Friends, all we have is today. This might be the last sermon I ever preach, and I want to celebrate what God has done in my life. He's worthy of the praise. This is the day. Celebration is central to your life. Celebration, oh, it goes into every part of your world. Can we choose to say, this is the place? Sunday night dinners in our church have been so important. You say, Don Shree, what's a Sunday night dinner? Well, for us, it's a cultural word. We know what Sunday night dinners are at Vue Church if you serve, because Sunday night dinner is when we get together after serving and we celebrate what God has done. We did it from week one at Vue Church when we only had, you know, a couple services. Then we moved to six services. We still did it. You say, Don Shree, after six services, people getting up at the crack of dawn, yeah, really? You're going to do a dinner? Don't they, don't they want to go home? Don't they want to? No, you have to understand we celebrate constantly. Yeah. We have a discipline of celebration because we understand that celebration is such a key component of what God is doing. And, and we say at Sunday night dinner that we party with a purpose. Come on, somebody write that down right now. You party with a purpose. And what we do at Sunday night dinner is at some point in the night, people are crowded in our house and we say, hey, we're going to take some time. We're going to celebrate what God has done today. And we hear story after story of children raising their hands in Vue Kids, just like they're going to do in your living room today. We hear story after story of someone sending a text and inviting someone And they actually came after three years of invitations. They actually turned on the YouTube and they watched service and it filled their home with a peace that they couldn't describe. Man, we celebrate. That's one of the things I'm looking forward to the most after this season is getting back to Sunday night dinner. But just because I don't have my home crowded with people doesn't mean that I stop celebrating. Every single Sunday, we continue to celebrate. Why? Because celebration is central to what God has called us to do. We're called to celebrate constantly. We're building with our celebration. We're building something. Now, I've been to plenty of parties that didn't have any purpose. I've been to plenty of celebrations that I walked out feeling worse than I did when I walked in. Feeling like everybody was gossiping around me. Feeling like there was so much despair and hopelessness. Feeling like the chatter was just a waste 
of my time. Friends, uh, celebration, just being called a celebration, doesn't mean that it actually adds value to your life. Celebration doesn't depend on the price of the decor, doesn't depend on how nice the food is, doesn't depend on any of that. Celebration is a spiritual discipline that can take place at any moment of the day. Somebody needs to hear this because you're looking for all the wrong markers of celebration. You're, you're, you're judging value based off of things that crumble and fade. Friends, you don't need that. What you need is to open up your heart and allow God to cultivate the way you speak, the way you see things, the way that your perspective is shaped so that you can live a life that is marked by celebration. See, the world has all that junk, and they're still not happy. But we have what the world is looking for. And it starts when we start to truly value and acknowledge the here and now. Not tomorrow, not the good old days, but this must be the place. This, right here. Not tonight, no, right now. This very moment, this must be the place that I'm, that I'm to breathe deeply that I'm to enjoy the moment, that I'm to trust you, that I'm to start, stop holding my breath, waiting for that to happen or this to break through, but that I just say, God, I celebrate. I celebrate who you truly are. What impresses you? What gets your applause? What gets your praise? This reveals what you value. Do you celebrate people? Because if you celebrate people, it means you value people. You are building value. Do you just celebrate profit? Because that means that you value profit. Do you celebrate starting things? Do you celebrate finishing things? Do you celebrate the struggle? Do you celebrate the community effort? What do you celebrate? Because it reveals what you value. Celebration. No matter what you are celebrating, it builds your values. But it doesn't just build your values. Celebration also, it builds your relationships. Why don't you write that down? Put it in the chat. Celebration builds your relationships. Throughout the Word of God, we see so many celebrations that the Jewish people decide to step into. And every single time they celebrate, you know what they're celebrating? The goodness of God. The faithfulness of God. Whether it be a festival, whether it be a birth, whether it be memorializing someone's life who has been lost, they are celebrating that God has been faithful. When you read the psalmist in chapter 118, there's something else that he says that encourages me, inspires me, challenges me. He says again and again, his love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord. His love endures forever. His love endures forever. His love endures forever. His love endures forever. You need to hear this. His love endures forever. Why did he choose those words? That's an aggressive stance. That's a declaration that says, I won't back down when the world around me is crumbling. I won't stop believing in the God that I serve. He chooses this word, endure. Why? Because love is steadfast. The love of God is perfect, unshakable, immovable. You cannot destroy it. His love endures forever. And what the psalmist is saying to his spirit is that I will choose to celebrate his love. Because right now, I'm in a season that is less than perfect. It's hard. It's difficult. Everything is crumbling around me. But you know what I choose to believe? I choose to believe that my pain, it won't endure forever. That these tears, they will not endure forever. This confusion, it won't endure forever. The unrest and the anxiety that sweeps over me, it will not endure forever. I choose to believe that His love endures forever. 
And some of you today, you need to write that down. You need to put it on your mirror. You need to say it every morning when you wake up. You need to pray it over your children. His love endures forever. He will not fail you. He will not leave you. He will not abandon you in the middle of the fight. He is with you. You got to choose to say, this must be the place where I see and I witness that your love endures forever. Come on, one more time. Put his love endures forever in the chat. Choosing to focus on his love enduring instead of pain enduring. Choosing to say, God, I I have the ability, despite what I feel, to celebrate you. Well, it builds our relationship with God. It digs our roots deep into real, genuine, authentic relationship. Read what he says in verse 13. He says, I was pushed back and about to fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. So you may feel like you're losing ground, but you may actually be gaining ground. You may feel like you've lost months of your life, but you may have gained more time than you could ever dream because that's the God you serve. That's the God you serve. In one moment, you can say just like the psalmist that I felt like I was about to fall. I was pushed back. Doesn't 2020 feel like that? I've been, I've been pushed back. But the Lord helped me. How many of you are grateful for the help that we find in the Lord? Our constant help in time of trouble. He's the one who always shows up. Psalms chapter 145 verse 16 says, you open your hand. You satisfy the desire of every living thing right where you are. Just lift your hands, put your palms open like this. Think about it right now. This is the stance of the God that we serve. You open your hand. You satisfy every living thing. What's not to celebrate? A God that opens his hand to you, to me? A God that lives like this to all of humanity? That actually satisfies every single desire that you have? You know what it makes me want to do? It makes me want to live like this makes me want to open my hands. Do you live like this? Is this, a, is this a marker of your life? I can say that about my family, that my parents, that they live with open hands, that whatever, whatever they got, I got. I hope the same can be said of me, that, that, that I choose. And, and you may say, Don Shree, I don't have much to give. See, that's the power of celebration, because celebration is a transformative experience. Celebration isn't about having a fight with your husband in the car, showing up to the birthday party, throwing a smile on your face, acting like everything is okay. Okay, I celebrated. That, that's not true celebration. Celebration is a transformative spiritual experience where there is actually an exchange that takes place. That as I simply choose to come to God and to celebrate who He is with open hands, arms of surrender, a heart that is willing to obey and to trust that God transforms me, that he takes my pain and he gives me peace, that he takes my ashes and he gives me beauty, that he takes my mourning and he gives me the oil of joy, that he takes my sin and he gives me a brand new beginning. Here is this transformative experience and exchange that actually moves me from a place of brokenness to a place of celebration. And it doesn't have to be a facade. It doesn't have to be created or manufactured. I don't have to act it out. I can simply come to God willingly and honestly. And he meets me where I am. And he gives me the strength to celebrate that which I truly hold. I hold his peace. I hold his 
strength. I hold everything that I need because he has filled me with his spirit today. So this must be the place. This must be the place for my perspective to be transformed. This must be the place for the way that I view my life for there to be an exchange and for God to flip it upside down and let me see what is actually happening. That even though other people have turned their back on me, that God is always faithful. This must be the place. Because I serve a God that lives with an open hand and satisfies the desires of every single living thing. Here I am, here I am. You can have it all, you can have it all. Here I am, here I am. You can have it all, you can have it all. If you want to celebrate, it starts with that. Celebration comes from obedience. Celebration comes from trust. Celebration comes from relinquishing our plans and saying, here I am. He transforms us from the inside out. Prayer and fasting. We've been in 21 days of prayer. In fact, right now, why don't you just give it up for everybody? If you've been fasting, I want every emoji in the chat. I want you to lose your mind. 21 days. You did it. 21 days of prayer and fasting, it's a transformative experience. And a celebration is what is appropriate today as we celebrate 21 days of surrendering more to God. And it's beautiful when we choose to simply practice the presence of God. Brother Lawrence, one of my favorite authors in the 1600s, he was in a monastery and he simply decides to record his interactions with practicing, in other words, discipline disciplining himself to practice the presence of God. And I love what he writes about simply choosing to lean into the everyday moments. He says, we can do little things for God. I turn the cake that is frying on the pan for love of him. And that done, if there's nothing else to call me, I prostrate myself in worship before him who has given me grace to work. Afterwards, I rise happier than a king. What? You're flipping a cake in a pan and and you decide to praise God in the middle of it and you rise happier than a king? Because you chose to say, this must be the place? That, That I get to redeem the time today, the ordinary moments that I get to say, Right here as I'm in my kitchen, I just get to practice the presence of God, that that you get to take my ordinary routine. Can I tell you that God wants to redeem your routine? God wants to redeem your routine. That as you drive to work, it becomes a sanctuary of his praise. That as you have a conversation with your husband, you invite the presence of God to actually rehabilitate the way that you communicate. That you can redeem your routine as you throw your hands up and say, God, I don't know how to raise these kids, but open-handed, I receive all the strength that you can give me. I want you to redeem my routine. I've learned this. Because after eight years of praying for a child and after eight years seeing a miracle come to pass, I do the craziest things to redeem my routine. From the very first diaper that I changed of my sons and even to this day, it is a normal part of my routine as I change a dirty diaper for me to out loud say, God, Thank you for a healthy child. Thank you that his organs work properly. Thank you, God, that he's not going to the doctor today. Thank you, God, that he functions the way you created him to function. Why? Because I can be standing at a changing table with a dirty diaper in my hand, and it can roll up to be praise to Almighty God if we choose to redeem our routine. It's a shift of perspective. What will I celebrate? What will I celebrate? Will I continue to celebrate? Will I continue to give God praise? Will I continue to allow my thanksgiving to build my relationship with God? See, celebration builds your values. It builds your relationship. But lastly, celebration 
builds your strength. And I love this. Because so often we think that celebration is for starting and ending. And if I could get anything through to you today, it's that right here, right now is when we need celebration the most. The right kind of celebration. The kind of celebration that builds strength for today and gives us a vision for tomorrow. Because celebration builds your strength. Psalms 118 verse 15 through 17 says, It's the same chapter. Listen to what he says. He says, shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. I will not die, but I will live. And I will proclaim what the Lord has done. I love this because you can almost see him talking himself into this, moving from a place of despair. He may have been contemplating whether he was gonna be able to live, but as he begins to declare the goodness of God, as he begins to say, your mighty hand, you are victorious. Tents are filled with joy and praise and celebration. He gets the end of talking about who God is and he makes the declaration, I will not die. And I speak over you today, whatever you're facing, you will not die. You will live and you will live to tell of the goodness of God. He's proclaiming the goodness of God so that he can see his future, so that he can build strength within his spirit to carry on. More than ever, we need that kind of strength. We need the strength to carry us through the seasons that we want to walk away. We want to give up. And you know what? where that strength comes from? It comes from our celebration. We know this because the Word of God says the joy of the Lord. What is it? It's my strength. The joy of the Lord. Not the judgment of the Lord. The joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. So if you're looking for ways to get through this season, man, you you got to choose joy. Joy is a discipline. Joy isn't just a feeling. It's not the same as being happy. Joy is a discipline. You get to choose it every single day. And the quickest way to get there is when you get your eyes off of your circumstance, when you get your eyes off of yourself, when you get your eyes off of what you need, and you choose to put your eyes on what God has already given you. At that moment, you are choosing joy. And at that moment, joy creates strength in your life. When you choose to celebrate You are building, you are building your strength from the inside out. I was on the lake um, this summer, and I was in a boat with my family, with my kids, and we were pulling out of this just fun little hole-in-the-wall restaurant, and as we were pulling out, another boat was coming in, and that boat was full of people who are much older than me and they looked like they were having a great time and they were full of joy. And, you know, they started to shout to us from my boat, from their boat to ours. And they said, they saw the baby in my arm. They said, hey, hey, this, this is, this is such a good season for you. You have babies. They said, they're going to grow up and they're going to leave you. And I shouted back and I said, I know. I said, I'm, I'm treasuring this season. I'm treasuring it, right? We don't even know each other, but we're talking like this. And I'll never forget it. As we went our way and they went theirs, here they are shouting back to me as loud as they could over and over again. They said, this is the best day of your life. This is the best day of your life. I gotta be honest with you. I didn't wake up that morning and have that thought occur to me. But as they chose to celebrate the season I was in, it changed my perspective, made me acknowledge that which I already held and value it more than I was at that moment. 
And as I started to get out on that water in that boat, holding my kids in my arms, I started to say the same thing in my spirit. This is the best day of my life. This is the moment that I have. This must be the place. This must be the time to celebrate. This is the best day of my life. And maybe I was focused on how the kids were whining before, but now I was saying this must be the best day of my life. Maybe I was focused on what I had to do later in the day, but now I'm saying this must be the best day of my life. That's the power of celebration. And that's the power of community because joy multiplies. Joy is beautiful, the gift that God's given us in joy because as we choose to share, it just multiplies, it expounds. It actually spreads out and takes on a life all of its own if we choose joy. And that's what happens when we celebrate. It builds our strength. I felt stronger as they looked at me and reminded me of what I held in my arms. I felt more assured of valuing the day that was right in front of me. Can I tell you, this is the best day of your life because this is all you hold. This is it. This is the very best day. Let's celebrate and let's allow God to build strength within us for the future. You don't have to know someone to celebrate them. You can celebrate someone by respecting them and looking in their eyes. You can celebrate them with a smile on your face. You know, we get so excited about starting things. And if you started something new in 2020, I applaud you because that is a feat in and of itself. But can I ask you something? Can you still get excited a year from now when you're in the thick of it? And maybe when things aren't as beautiful or exciting as the new beginning, can you choose to say, I'm not just going to celebrate starting at Vuke Church. We throw staying parties because we shouldn't tell somebody how much we love them just when they leave, but we should say, thank you for staying. Thank you for serving. Thank you for sticking in it. Thank you for pouring your heart out. And I'm going to be more excited the 100th Sunday you serve than the first Sunday you serve. Thank you for staying. Thank you. I'm going to celebrate you. And as we celebrate, it builds our strength. Sometimes I feel like we get so excited about change and, and we're so, maybe it makes us want to change more because change is so celebrated. But what would it look like if we celebrated consistency? What, it, what would it look like if we said, oh, we've been married for 15 years, and you know what? I'm more in love with you today than I was 10 years ago, 15 years ago. What if we looked at our work and said, I've been doing this for five solid years, and you know what? The days are long, and it's taken everything out of me, but man, I am thankful. I'm going to celebrate. I'm not walking away. I'm not running. I'm here. We celebrate five years. In just a couple weeks at Vue Church, my prayer for you is as you carry a heart for the house, that you are more committed to the vision of the house today than you were the first Sunday you walked through the doors of this church. That you stir your spirit and say, what am I actually celebrating right now? Where are, where's my focus? Where's my attention? Where's my sacrifice? Where's my energy? Was I more excited then or am I more expected now? Am I more committed in this place? Because this must be the place. Celebration builds strength. Celebration says a lot about what you value. And celebration is hidden. It's hidden all around us if you can open up your eyes to what God has prepared. I really believe that. See, celebration directs your perspective, not just in good times, but in difficult times. The first few weeks when we were in quarantine, I was taking a walk with Wyatt and Wild and Rich. And as we walked down our street, I noticed something that I'd never noticed. There was, there was a woman out in her yard and she was picking berries off of the front hedges of her home. I didn't know her, we started to talk. Man, I've had more wonderful conversations this year with my neighbors than ever, how about you? We started to talk and she explained to me that these little red berries were called star cherries. She said they're high in antioxidants, they're super healthy for you, they're awesome. She gave me one, I tasted it, tasted awesome, kept walking. And I'm like chewing the cherry and I'm like, man, it must be really cool to have fruit in your own yard. 
I like said this prayer in my heart, just kind of like, God, I would love to have fruit one day in my yard. That would be so cool. Got home, got the kids ready for bed. A couple days went by and I was in my backyard playing with Wyatt and Wyatt ran to the back fence. And when I got near the fence, I looked down at my feet and there were some red berries smashed on the ground in the grass. I was like, that's crazy. I kind of started to dig through the hedges. And sure enough, the exact fruit, star cherries, were in my hedges. I ran inside, couldn't believe it, grabbed a stepladder, got up on the ladder, got a bowl, and I started picking cherries. And as I was picking the cherries, I was so amazed. And I had this moment of talking to the Holy Spirit where I'm like, Lord, all this time, I've lived here for years, and there's a hidden harvest that was, that was right here all along. That, that my eyes, that they weren't focused on what was right before me. That, there, that right here was a hidden harvest that I could take advantage of, that I could utilize, that I could actually enjoy and celebrate. I wanna encourage you. There's a hidden harvest in this season. I believe this is a season of great pain, but I also believe that in the midst of this pain, that there is a hidden harvest that every single one of us can realize as the Holy Spirit unlocks our heart to truly be disciplined in our celebration. You see, pain brings new perspective. And I'm being forced to examine my life in a new light. I'm being forced to look at my life and the place that God has planted my roots with fresh eyes. I'm slowing down to survey the soil of my life. What am I planting? What am I investing? What am I sowing? What am I reaping? I'm measuring if what I have invested my time in is still worthy of my investment. And if there are ways that I can give myself more to what God has called me to do. How often in our life does the harvest rot on the ground because we don't have the eyes to see what God has provided us with? You see, there's a hidden harvest for you today, but it starts when you choose to say, this must be the place. This must be the day. God has made this day, I will rejoice in it. Despite what I'm facing, despite what he said or she said, despite what my bank account reflects, despite what my boss just gave me the news of, I can choose to say, this must be the place. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I don't want you to just get hyped up today. I want you to have that transformative exchange with the presence of the Holy Spirit. For you to open up your hands and for you to realize that He's had His hands open all along. Right now we're gonna worship. We're gonna take the time to sing. And I believe that as we sing this song, that there's gonna be an exchange happen deep within your soul, that God would establish something and that the cry of the psalmist would be the cry of your heart. Right now, wherever you are, just begin to shut yourself away. Why don't you just lift your hands? Why don't you open up your palms to God? Why don't you say you can have it? Take it, Lord. Use this moment, Jesus. We're gonna sing this. Thank you, Lord. What I see is pieces. You see is whole. What I see is empty. What I feel is empty. You overflow. What I call, what my, I weakness. call my weakness. You call my strength. You call my strength. I lay my life down to find it again. Come on, sing it again. What I see is pieces. You see is whole. You see is whole. What I feel is empty. You overflow. He'll do it right now for you. What I call my weakness, you call my strength. I lay my life down to find Come on, let's sing it with all that we've got one more time. What I see is pieces. You see is whole. What I feel is empty. You. 
wherever you are, I really believe that God's drawing people's hearts right now. That maybe you've never decided to truly surrender your life to Jesus, that He is Savior and He is Lord of all. That you're willing today to say, God, I'm gonna follow you, obey and trust you. That this must be the place. Today must be the day that I actually discover what celebration really means. If you wanna surrender your life to Jesus right where you are, you know, in all of our homes, we're standing with you. This isn't a journey that you walk out by yourself, but we wanna pray with you as you give your life to God. Right now, would you simply, wherever you are, open up your hands and pray this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, today I choose to throw my life into your hands. I'm celebrating your rescue. I believe you died for me. You rose again. Forgive me, Jesus. Wash me clean. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we just celebrate right now? Can we put our hands together and celebrate? Amen. Well, I love you, church. I'm so grateful for you. If, oh, and I'll say this part. If you decided to make that decision, you can simply text DECIDED to 786-755-3737. I'm gonna say it one more time. It's on the screens below me. 786-755-3737. I love you, Vuke Church. Thankful we're in this thing together. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. Maybe consider rating the podcast and share it with a friend. It really makes all the difference. For more content from VU and to connect with us, go to vuchurch.com. We love you. The best is yet to come.